Welcome to the Science of SaaS Startups podcast, where we talk with leaders across the world of tech startups. We'll be discussing revenue growth, leadership, funding, acquisition, and much more. This podcast is for anyone at a SaaS startup. Whether you're a new business hunter or founder, make sure you tune in and enjoy the episode. Before we get into it, make sure you hit like and subscribe, and don't forget to comment your views below. The Science of SaaS Startups podcast is brought to you by Venetech, a sales recruiter for high-growth SaaS startups. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Science of SaaS Startups podcast. Today, I'm talking to Omer Shirazi. Uh, Omer is the uh, co-founder and COO of EasySend. EasySend is a a no-code platform which converts manual processes into digital customer experiences. Omer, welcome. Hey, how are you, Ben? Thank you for having me. Very good. So I just want to kick off with a few questions just to help the, um, the, the audience get to know you a little bit. So if someone was going to write a, a book or a, a movie about your life so far, do, do you want it to be a comedy, uh, an inspirational drama, uh, a self-help or, or maybe a romance? Definitely a comedy. Yeah. Everything needs to be, Yeah. It's always in a comedy light. That's the perspective. That's the best way to look at things. So you don't take yourself too seriously. Never. I think it's a good perspective to have, especially, you know, when you start getting successful and things like that, still need that humility. Don't you? Hopefully in the future, when we start getting more and more successful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next one. Were, were there any foods which you hated as a child, which you now love, or which you still refuse to eat as an adult? So today I'm eating everything that uh, that is uh, uh, that, like almost everything. I don't remember any anything that I would not say I, I will not eat. But I still eat kosher, so uh, I'm not eating any kind of seafood or or stuff like that. As a kid, I remember I know that I was problematic. I remember a few things. I know that there were some other things that they told me that I didn't eat. So I didn't eat mushrooms at all. I didn't eat avocado. I had some sort of a texturing issue and even when i got older i didn't eat uh, spinach but today i have, have no problem with all of them and actually one of i don't know why did you ask it, but one of my bigger hobbies is, is cooking i love cooking I, I like i see in, in in youtube this is all i see like cooking shows and i'm uh, it's one of my my places to escape like i really like cooking as a as a, i always said that after my first exit i would be a, a, a cook i would just go work in that well, there's, to be honest, there's huge businesses like tech businesses in the, the kind of food industry, food and beverage now. Like, I don't know in Israel, but like in, in the UK, we've got these companies what? like <laughs> Hello Fresh and like Gusto and where they kind of deliver you uh, a like, certain amount. Of like Blue Air like, yeah, like um, Blue Airprint and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. You're right. Yeah, and they're kind of huge businesses over here. It kind of feels a bit like the, perhaps the future of how things are going to work now. So. Everybody is the foodies. I know. Yeah, well, it's great because you, you can eat really well and you don't have to do any planning or, you know, worrying about waste or anything like that. So it works quite well. I like it. But... <laughs> I love it. So if you had to delete all of your apps except for one on your phone, which one do you keep? So I don't have much 
like I don't have many and honestly I'm not I'm not, I don't have many games but I think that I will somewhere it would be somewhere around my like WhatsApp probably because I need to talk mm -hmm. to my wife somewhere and <laughs> maybe Gmail <laughs> so that's uh, that's the two ones that that will keep I don't have many applications on my phone I find it uh, um, time consuming trying to be <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I've been thinking recently about maybe like going back to like an old school mobile phone that just does like calls and, and text wow, messages. That would be, but but my work is so so dependent on that. Like I can literally work for for days only for my for my mobile phone. I just we need it. You need to put it aside. You know, when you're coming back and you want to sit down with your uh, with with my daughter, for example, or something like that. I can't hold my phone in in one hand and, and be with her. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I've been thinking about it, but like when you think of like the logistics of how you would actually do it, it's quite a complicated thing. Because like you say, WhatsApp and email, like there's kind of certain things that you actually need to, to be connected. No, it's to. an amazing tool to drive uh, to drive your uh, yourself to, to work faster and better, but uh, it's the way you use it. <laughs> yeah, just got to be, you know, measured with it, I guess. So when, if we think about the metaverse, do you kind of look forward to kind of taking part in that and getting involved or do you want to avoid it for as long as possible? Well, that's a, a really good question. Um, I know, I don't know much about it. I've been talking about it with some friends and I even went in for um, to Sandbox, which is the, like the competitor. Uh, and I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm, I, I wonder how... How it will be like I, I think that working from there every day or building an office space there which some companies are doing or, or buying uh, NFT based uh, um, um, like assets I'm not there yet I don't understand it, it yet and I don't understand how they're going to work but uh, I, I would say that I'm typically an early adopter for that I will, I will wait a bit yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, well, hopefully, like the audience has, has got more of a sense of you as a person now. So if we jump into EasySend, do you want to kick things off giving us a, like an overview of the company and, and what you're trying to do? Amazing company. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, yeah. So um, I think uh, we are now on our sixth year. And we started off bootstrapping, as you know, for three, three and a half years before we started uh, our fundraising. And then we raised um, series seed round and round A and 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 now round B, and Eason um, is growing rapidly. And we're focusing now three main uh, regions. We actually um, opened our APAC market as well, and we now have even a team in Sydney uh, in Australia. And uh, we're mostly focusing the United States. This is our main growing uh, market. And the, the third thing is obviously that we want to make sure that our product is top-notch, best product there is not in order to create better customer experience and help organi big organizations, especially financial institutes, um, to give better customer experience to our customers. So no more paper phone, no more bad interactions with your customers. Each time that you're going to have an interaction with your customer, it's supposed to drive NPS score uh, to the roof. And customers these days need better especially with corona that they can move around and everything is done remotely you need better tools to do that and i think it's one of the best solutions to do that 
uh, right now. So this is what, what we are focusing and where we are heading. I think we see our customers, we see how they are using the product. So we don't feel anymore that we are trying to do something. We know that we are doing it. Transactions wise, we see it just used more and more around the globe and we see us getting open to more and more new use cases and companies are taking us and starting to use us as a, some sort of a core platform, really at the, the, that platform to create digital processes for the organization. I think this is something that we're doing in an amazing way. So I think we're expanding more and more and we are going to a more, a, a better place in awareness and uh, hopefully to somewhere in, in the next uh, three years to somewhere to be a, a big company somewhere on, on uh, after an IPO or I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know about that, but it will be, a, a, I know that it will be a big firm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, forms have really come to kind of dominate the world and, you know, they're especially big part of the, of the internet and, and the way that we engage with companies. And I think, you know, customers almost see it as a necessary evil. It's kind of like the price they pay to engage with a company to have to give them all of their data. Do you see this as a way for companies to kind of really differentiate themselves and kind of build value with their customer, like right at the very beginning of the relationship? So I think, first of all, it's not the customer, not, not the company's fault, right? There is regulation, there is the way to do things. And when a customer and need to react react with the, or to do any kind of action with a company, there needs to be some actions need to be done. And then you need to ask yourself what is the best way to do that. So I think definitely this is a differentiation differentiator, and this is definitely what customers should look for in in when they're picking uh, um, their insurance company or bank to make sure that they have the right digital tools. And when you do that, I think there every company worldwide, like in, especially in financial sector, will tell you that they are getting in touch with numerous of, of uh, drag and drop or other suppliers and not all projects are, are successful. Some of the, pro even big amount of those projects are, are, uh, are not succeeding. So I think you need to pick the right one. And when it happens, I think that's a, a great win for both. The ROI will be amazing and the customer journey that you would create will just be something that can serve your customer for a very long period of time and with a low effort from your end. And EasySend is to some extent uh, a family business, right? Because um, like your brother is the, the CTO. Can, can you give us a sense of those kind of early conversations and how the idea uh, of EasySend kind of, you know, first came into being? So it started from, uh, from me and Tal. Um, I started off as a customer service representative in Alman Al Dubi, and Tal was there three months before me. He helped me adjust to the new environment and learn the, the job and what I need to do. And um, after a few months, we started talking about the usage of manual forms and people calling to ask if a fax arrived. And um, we understand there is a big gap there. And then we decided to pick up the glove and, you know, just do something. I programmed the first uh, solution. We sold it to Hellman. And my background is, is a bit technical. But then very, very early, we, we understood that, hey, we need somebody really strong te technology-wise to help us through it. And we knew from the beginning that Tal will be the CEO. He's just he's, he's born for it and uh, to lead the, the company forward. And he's doing an amazing, amazing job. And um, I always been in, uh, in, in sales, and then we wanted to have uh, some sort of a technology arm, and we looked 
you know, like thousands of thousands of people until we, we saw Iran. <laughs> so Iran was there. He was our brother. He's the last amazing. choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. He came from 80 to 100. This is all he did since he was 10. You know, the, all he did always was programming. And uh, he already had a, an amazing background in Anidu, where he was the, uh, one of the first employees. So he was the obvious choice. And he helped us at the beginning push us through it and uh, and then he joined us and from then it's all it's all one big family metal and around yeah good stuff and we talked earlier how this is like a no code solution that, that you've got so in the the customers that you're selling to um who, who's your typical user inside of the company like internally the company itself yeah yeah, so we will, we are typically working with few departments, some sort of a, a business department that usually drive this on rolling it out. Basically, the the processes themselves, it's claim a, a department or enrollments or life or, or PNC, and there will be always somebody from IT that taking ownership on that. So usually, typically, our champions will be from um, IT intelligence, and will be somebody that in charge. Usually, our our best buyer is somebody that is in charge or of software in the organization that can buy software and in charge of applications. That's that's our best place. And then it will usually embrace it and start building teams around it that will train and start building more and more processes. With, with us, you can actually build hundreds of processes a quarter if you're doing it right. Yeah, okay. I mean, because I, I, I kind of still remember a time just about before COVID existed. And I remember that digital transformation was a big topic even before COVID existed. But, you know, when, when COVID and Corona came along, it really kind of poured petrol on, on that whole fire and everything just really exploded in the last 18 months. I mean, it seems like you guys are very well placed to, to kind of take advantage of that at the moment, right? I, I agree with you. But in the same time, again, it changed the way that those organizations are working and the and insurance companies and banks are all along the road did an amazing job adapting to the new normal. Um, and I think they are getting approached much more right now. So mm -hmm. their, their, buying up, their, their buying habits are changing a little bit. So we need to adjust to that. But we're definitely there. We, we definitely become one of the hottest uh, technologies out there because of COVID. Uh, but I believe that now it's the new normal. It will not change. It will not go back. And in terms of like your competitive landscape, is your biggest competitor just like corporate inertia? So that kind of this is the way we've always done it in the past, or are, are there kind of other technology solutions coming at this from a you know a different angle? So if you don't have any competitors, like other companies that are doing things that are similar to you, so probably you don't do something right. <laughs> and so obviously we have competitors and they are very, very uh, strong as well. And we feel very good in, in, in our uh, atmosphere, in this kind of atmosphere. But in the same time, you're absolutely right. Uh, we rarely see competitors in deals. And we always uh, get to a point where, which is a make or buy. And always uh, buy is, is the more economy and, and, and the better solution. But there's always the questions around that. And I think it's still um, educating the market about our solution, educating about what you can do with this end, and um, making sure that uh, we keep doing good jobs so our customer will keep uh, referring, uh, become, will drive our um, referral and become our referrals. 
Yeah. Okay. So if we move to talking about like the startup life and the, the kind of journey that you've been on. So overall, you've raised, I think, just over $71 million so far across kind of seed series A and series B. And you've raised uh, two rounds, your last two rounds in you know, approximately the last 12 months in probably like the most vibrant investment scene that I've ever seen in, in the software industry. Could, could you tell us a little bit about your experience of, of raising funds there? I mean, I'm interested even particularly, did you notice any differences between when you raised your Series A 12 months ago and, and your Series B very recently? You know, did you notice any difference in that year? So first, I'm not the point person on that. I think uh, this is something that Tal drove, and he's uh, he's leading uh, all fundraising activities in the company. I can say that for sure there was a, a difference, but I would say that uh, when you have an amazing investors like we have, um, they're always looking for um, data, and it's not something that uh, uh, changed. I think uh, any of our uh, investors from Hanako, Vertex, Intel, and, uh, and Oak are all amazing and all active uh, investors in our company. And, it, and I, I see them as great believers in, in what we do. So in this, in this case, I would say that uh, I, I think that for me, it was an amazing experience and a good one. But uh, I, again, I, I'll draw, draw it. So I think this is something that I, I will divert to him if he was here. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Don't worry. So, um, I mean, in terms of that kind of startup journey and you're trying to find a product market fit, like how, how many, how long did that take? How many companies did you talk to or work with before you started selling the product? Um. So this definitely varies between the different markets. Um, I think I was uh, my, my job definitely changed over the years. So I would say that we we op I opened uh, at least four or five markets uh, already in the company, and each of them was in different stage of the company. So the, the answer has changed between them. So I think uh, now opening, for example, the APAC market, we already know everything. We have our methodologies. And we brought an amazing VP sales there that uh, that drives us uh, 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 to success. And then we see it; it's 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 very easy for us to penetrate this market because we already know all the know-how from other markets, and uh, we're bringing the right opportunities from uh, from day one. We know what kind of marketing efforts we need to put, and it's all lining up. So we can see that uh, the penetration going like in a, in amazing way. I think when we, our first market that we tried to open was uh, uh, Germany and United States, and it was three, let's say two and a half years ago, and it was slower because we had, had different uh, different capabilities and um, less efforts. And uh, and we, we did a lot of, we had a big learning curve. Mm -hmm. And so we did talk to a lot of different sectors, a lot of different customers, a lot of different influencers to understand more, but uh, now we really know where our product market fit is and which companies are can utilize this and in the best way. And how, how do you strike that balance between kind of iterating in those early days and kind of changing, you know, your product for, for each customer you're talking to versus this is the solution, you know, we, we see this has got a broad appeal. So first of all, now Isisen is a very robust solution. So most of our customers when um, starting to use it right now doesn't really need or asking for any kind of product changes. And it just 
not it not it's not it is what it is it's just it, this is exactly what they need like our our solution is really suitable for banking and insurance in uh, from tier one and tier a companies and it's tailor-made for for them so when they're typically when they're asking if you can, if they can do something going our solution it just will be the answer will typically be yes out of the box because we know this kind of fields already so well and where there is product gaps again we have amazing r d team and product teams and we just think about it and ask other customers if they need it as well and if so we we execute it so um the product right now is is more steady and more stable i agree with you but in the same time we're still growing to different sectors and then it will change a bit more and will become more diverse and and more robust okay so i'm i'm interested uh, like at this stage in in your growth journey like what what gets you more excited you know great adoption or great customer feedback or winning like a, a big new customer like where, where do you get the biggest buzz at the moment so first of all like we're getting an amazing buzz even internally like we have an amazing teams here amazing uh, people are working here and it's growing 120 people around the globe already more than 20 people in on us uh, uh, on the ground i mean and so so this is first to just to look in, inside and see what we build and yeah, amazing management team so this is making me very happy and ecstatic um, sales is a, is amazing profession. Again, bringing in a huge new customer is always great, and we we just we, we have that on a on a regular basis when we're bringing uh, big clients and big insurance, and and it's always uh, amazing to talk about it. And I think product adoption is is the is the best one though. It's making us the happiest. Like when you see a customer starting to use it, and suddenly they have thousand transactions a day different use cases i think that's the the best way uh, uh, to describe it this is really describing success when somebody is building a process by himself deploying it and and their customers starting to use it uh, that's that, that's that's just shows everything so validates everything that you've been doing yeah okay so we, we live in a world now where there are kind of hundreds and, and thousands of exciting startups <clears throat> you know everybody's got <clears throat> everybody's got an innovative solution like everyone's on that exciting growth journey everyone is trying to grow and competing for for that kind of fixed pool of talent how, how do you kind of differentiate yourself to potential new employees in in that type in that in that environment market is tough right now um it's a it's a i think we are like we have so many people that come in and they say that are interviewing to other to, to seven other places and that's not not easy i think we're trying to diverse ourselves with uh with our dna and explaining to them how is it to be an easy sender and what's the what does it take and what does it mean and, and to build the, the, the right uh, environment for employees to to be successful mm -hmm. and i'm again i not everybody weighted it in a, in a, in the right way, but I think this is something that is working for us. And I think um, recruiting from uh, friendlies, like people that know people internally, is always a very very good uh, solution for that. And I think we're being very successful with that. But you're right, the market is crazy right now, and uh, and this is something that uh, uh, is understandable. 
and uh, we're doing our best. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of an issue that everybody's kind of realizing that they need to adapt and try and do what they can to, to make themselves stand out. In terms of kind of building that culture as you grow, are you, like you mentioned, you're growing a lot in America at the moment. Are you kind of trying to build like an office and, and build a team and a culture there? Or is it like a remote first kind of approach that you're it's taking? It's remote first right now. We are quite uh, um, uh, all over the place, like we have employees in many states. Um, but we we are totally there. We want to build and uh, to to open an office in the United States. I think it is something that is uh, asked for, and uh, we want to be there. Um, still, Corona is. Uh, I really hope that we that the Corona will all be over, and then traveling will be easier, and then we can uh, do that and 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 be, even myself be more on uh, on U.S. soil. And this is something that we totally want to be there, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to this step. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, in in that startup, things can be incredibly chaotic. You know, you can have a million different things Always. to do at any at any one time. Like when you wake up in the morning, how do you kind of prioritize? Like, how do you decide where to put your focus on any given day? Um, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think that um, first of all, I have my own role, so I'm managing sales, pre-sale, and customer success around the globe. So I'm not doing anything outside of those uh, boundaries. Um, I think why I, I use uh, different tools to manage my uh, my day to day. But overall, I think my day-to-day uh, -day is pretty basic, talking to my managers, asking them what's, uh, what kind of help they're doing, what's new, and, uh, and how can we uh, push forward, and then working mostly with management team to, on, on strategic things to push the company forward. So I think this is, I'm trying to, uh, uh, to split my day-to-day -day between the tactics of the day-to-day -day and the strategic of, of tomorrow. And I, I think from these days, I'm putting much more effort on the strategic part. Okay, so you're, I mean, even with the kind of market as crazy as it is, you, you're able to carve time to, to kind of focus on that strategy. Most of, today, most of my time, like my, my managers are really taking things to their own hands and they know what they're doing and they're very successful. And I'm really finding myself having more and more time these days to do strategic things. Yeah, no, I think it's crucial, isn't it? You get those hires right, and then it just kind of opens up time for, for you to do the things that really matter for the future of the business. Um, so last, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, last question, um, what would your message be for any kids out there who've got a big idea and no idea what to do with it? Like what, what are the, the practical steps that someone to, can take to get them on the right path? It's a, it's a hard it's a hard question um, I guess um, I think honestly I wouldn't say don't do it I, I think this is startup is an amazing place to grow personally so I think it's the, it's a really good path to take um, I think it can be um, um, something that really something that really takes a lot of things out of you and uh, and I, I like it personally. And so I think I would say give it a go, but in the same time, I would say that they need, the, they need to understand the consequences and find the right team and think it over and not jump uh, too fast into it. So just do your market research and uh, focus a lot about your product because this is what wins the war, basically. In the end, product is everything.
Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, it's been great having you on, Omar. Thank you for, for joining us. If people want to get in touch and, and talk about Easy Send, like where, where do you live? Are you on email, on LinkedIn? Like where, where do you send yeah, Everywhere and to our website and just please come forward and we, we would like to, to share information and talk with anybody. We would love that. We, we're happy to do that every day. Okay, perfect. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Omar. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Science of SaaS Startups podcast. If you enjoyed it, please hit like and subscribe. And don't forget to comment below. The podcast is brought to you by Venetech, a sales recruiter for high-growth SaaS startups. Get in touch with Ben Jackson if you're looking for a new role or to add sales talent to your team.